one time. Yeah. Yo, all I need is one mic, one oh, Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Mike Stafford. It is Tuesday, April 3th, 11. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, kids. Odell is in B-more. What does that mean for the future of Lamar Jackson? The Tampa Bay Rays are off to a hot hot start but first the nba playoffs are upon us what are the upsets to look out for we have a great show this week so sit back relax and i'll see you on the other side between the spots that i'm hiding in blacking out back getting hit this is my hood i'm a rap to the death of it to everybody come on little Grown hood rats, don't abortion your wound. We need more warriors soon. Sip from the stars, sun and the moon. And it's like a police chasing street sweepers and coppers. Kids with no conscience, leaving victims with doctors. If you really think you're ready to die, with doubt, this is what Nas is about. The time is time is now. All I need is one mic. All right, let's start here. Welcome back, everyone, to The Time Is Now. I am happy. Not that I'm just happy. Um, first of all, let's just get this very clear. Uh, I, I, I struggled, y'all, to get y'all to show this week, so bear with me. Um, we will not keep you for a long time, but we'll have a good time. Amen? All right, let's get it. Um, the playoff picture, it, t- it came down virtually to the wire, all right, this past weekend for the NBA playoff picture. To get it all set up, let's look at it really quick. We had on the um, West Coast, we had Denver, number one. They'll play the winner of the uh, play-in tournament to get the eighth seed. We'll get that one. That will finish up um, on Friday. Um, Then you have four, Phoenix and the Clippers, fifth. Um, And then you was interesting. You have three. Sacramento's kind of was locked in there and and go to state. Now, Sacramento held their fate in their hand earlier in the week when they – benched a lot of players for the for the, the the Warriors to beat them, barely beat them on the road. Now, if they would have played their starters, they could have actually had the Lakers playing them right there, but they chose otherwise. So it's very interesting. They said, nope, we don't want no smoke with the King. We'll take our chances with the boys right down the street, 80 miles down the road. And um, that's going to be interesting. We'll cover that in a little bit. Then you have the Memphis Grizzlies, the second seed, waiting for the winner to play in as well. Um, the winner of tonight's matchup, Lakers versus Minnesota. All right, so um, I'm going to go over the West Coast first because it's really more intriguing. It just just has been. It's just more of a compelling story going that route. So I'll I'll change my mind. I'll do the whole bracket. So then you have the East. You have Milwaukee, number one seed overall, have home court throughout. And I actually want them to change that because it's almost kind of not fair. What I mean by that is um, the bottom of the, the Eastern Conference is a lot weaker than the bottom of the Western Conference. So it's going to be easier for teams in the East to achieve the best record overall when your entire conference is just not as strong. And when people say, oh, the West was weak, I was like, not necessarily. They were all beating each other. So they were all even more evenly matched. So, yeah, you're going to have uh, almost 30 losses in, in the West where the, and then each year 24. It actually makes it stronger because the Denver Nuggets have played the, the Lakers and Minnesota and, and Golden State. And you see what I'm saying? The defending champs. So they need to probably change that to where you can have home court throughout in your conference. And then in the finals, I think they should have a neutral site similar to the Super Bowl. I think that's probably the fair thing. Um, um, I, I don't know. I should work for the PA. But anyways, then you have the four or five Cleveland versus the Knicks, um, Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Knicks. That might be the most compelling matchup in the East uh, coming on this weekend. Then you have three and six 76ers in Brooklyn and then Boston taking on the winners of whoever um, wins tonight between um, I believe that's the winner between um, where is that <sighs> Miami and Atlanta. So we have to take a look at that as well. So as we embark on that, I'm going to give you my predictions just for the play-in 
and I'm actually going to go a little bit deeper depending on health and, and the other series. So it's going to be majority of the show. We're going to be really doing a special, if you will, in regards to the NBA playoffs as they get forth the setup come this week, actually starting tonight. All right. So speaking of that, starting tonight, we have um, the first game on TNT, 430. The pregame show should be at 4 o'clock. It might even start at 3.30, but I want to say 4 o'clock to be safe for the um, tip-off show. You have Atlanta versus Miami in Miami. I'm predicting Miami to win that game. And I'm predicting them to win handily, which means I have them going against um, the Boston Celtics in round one. And that's going to be intriguing. The nightcap, Minnesota versus the Lakers. I have the Lakers beating them in a close game, even though they lost Gobert um, for they suspending them, which is awkward to me. Um, to suspend a player of that caliber. Well, that's the see, that's the thing. If that were LeBron, or let's not even go that far, if that was John Moran, who has all his controversy, and he did the same thing to slow-mo or a player of slow-mo's level, Kyle Anderson, would he be suspended? That lets you know you're getting paid the big bucks, but teams are trading you, and you didn't get along with players over there. You were blamed. The people went off on you when the pandemic started. You were the first one to get covid it's just not a good look for you, Gobert. The fact that they're going to suspend you in a must-win game, as if they can guarantee they're going to beat whoever wins between the eight, the nine, and ten matchup. So I don't. And then you have um, Alexander. Um, I'm sorry, McDaniel's, who breaks his hand, loses his fight with the wall. The wall right now is undefeated. You know, so he goes ahead and breaks his wall. I've done that before, but that is just plain old stupid, man. That is very stupid. So now he's done for the rest of the year. But like I said before, man, you, you're going to go ahead and hit the wall for what? Re- See, this is the thing. I did the same thing in, 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 um, in high school. Don't laugh. Um, I hit a big old door. People who listen know from when I was a kid, I hit a, I, I hit doors before and, and I've won. <laughs> but this door is different. Those gym doors, a little, little solid, got that lacquer on it. And the crazy thing is, I actually put knuckle prints into that door. So I hit it pretty dang on hard. I was a young, skinny kid. But anyways, I digress. Um, McDaniels is done. Um, Nas Reed is done. Gobert is missing this game. I got the Lakers winning and then placing, facing the Memphis Grizzlies um, on that. Then the next game, the, the nine versus 10 matchups is on Wednesday. That's and the first, the first games are on TNT. The next games are on ESPN on Wednesday. That's tomorrow. You have first Chicago versus Toronto for the Eastern nine and 10 seed fighting that out. That's a coin flip for me. The new Chicago Bulls can win that matchup. They can win. I think Toronto will win since they're going to be in Toronto. But I would not be surprised if Chicago won that and moved on ahead and then was the fight for the eighth seed to go against Atlanta. So that's going to be very interesting. So I'm going to stick there. I'm going to go ahead and say Miami beats Atlanta, right, on Tuesday. And then I'm going to say that Chicago beats Toronto, eliminating Toronto, kicking them out, right? And then Chicago faces Atlanta for that final spot, the eighth spot, the death spot, the spot no one wants against the best team or best record-wise team in the league in Milwaukee. And I'm going to say Atlanta wins that, and they face Milwaukee and die a slower death. All right, then I have OKC versus New Orleans. I have New Orleans winning that game on Wednesday. And then facing... Minnesota on Friday. And then I have New Orleans winning that too. I have Minnesota being eliminated. Coming from 8th to out. And New Orleans taking that final 8th seed to go against to go up against Jokic and them boys in Denver. And when do those play those games air? Alright. So Lakers then by doing so will take care of things early. They'll play Tuesday, but then they'll go wait all the way to Sunday. They're the only uh, of that matchup, who are going to play on Sunday? The rest play on Saturday. So you have on Sunday, I'm sorry, Saturday, April 15th, you have the 76ers. This is going to be 1 p.m. You have, and I think that's 1 p.m. Eastern, too. So 1 p.m. Eastern is like what, 10 a.m.? Yeah, I want to say that's 10 a.m. on a Saturday. I could be wrong, but it says 1 p.m. So they have Saturday at 1 p.m., 3 30. 6 and 8.30. I'm guessing those are all Eastern times because I'll be damned they're going to be playing um, 11.30 at night. So I'm guessing that's 5.30. That's, so 
It's showing me um, 1 p.m. I'm thinking that's definitely going to be Eastern. So, we have Philadelphia 76ers versus the Brooklyn Nets. They play Saturday. They have the first game. Boston Celtics versus the... Um, I already have that. I have Miami being playing against Boston in the first round. They'll be playing at 3.30 ESPN. Then game three, Cleveland versus New York Knicks on, ES, on ESPN as well. And then finally, the nightcap, the Kings versus Golden State at 8.30. That's on Channel well, channel 7 out here, but that's on ABC. So those are your four games on Saturday. They won the games that are already set except for the 2-7 matchup. So they went from Tuesday to then playing Saturday, which kind of is unfair because the other one, the West Coast, 2-7 plays on Sunday. They get an extra day of rest for what? Because they know it's going to be the Lakers. <laughs> I'm telling you, they, they know it's going to be the Lakers. They, they, they're not slick. They're, they're, they're not slick. Um, they, they're doing this intentionally. The Lakers get an extra day. Um, so that's that. Um, then Sunday, we have the Bucks, all right, versus the, uh, the Hawks, like I said. And um, they play first. Don't show the times. Interesting. I think it's going to be the same times, but they're not showing it here. And then um, game two that day be the Nuggets versus the, you know what? They probably don't have it set up yet because they want to go ahead and form to see who's playing at what time. Has to be. Because they're like, okay, depending who comes out, we're going to shuffle who's going to play. So then they have um, Memphis Grizzlies versus the going to be i say the lakers and then you have the suns versus the clippers and that's gonna be interesting so they don't have it set up yet on the times because they're waiting to see who comes out when and when they can shuffle it and once again they're waiting to see if it's the lakers because if it's the lakers gonna make them the last game or, or the marquee game they might make them the second to last game like how it sets here all right so that that might be how that goes down so you have all western conference teams and the best team overall in milwaukee so that's how they do you saturday three Eastern Conference matchups, and then one Western Conference nightcap, the game people they think won't care about, but that's Golden State and Sacramento. Now, let's go into into the brackets. Let's go into the brackets. Each one going to get a little bit of time. All right, so when we look at these brackets, we got Denver going up against, as I picked it, the Pelicans. I think the Pelicans, no Zion, but that's fine. They have B.I., C.J. McCollum. And you have a host of other players as well. You got Troy Murphy and stuff like that. They, they got some guys. They got some guys, shooters, slightly good defenders. You got Valachunas. It's a good team. Denver's going to beat them in at least six. It won't, it won't, it won't be a sweep or five gentlemen sweep. It's going to be at least six, maybe seven. Because I, I don't really see Denver closing them out in New Orleans un- unless they have injury and you don't want to speak them up that. All right? Then we move on down, move on down the road. Next bracket, 4-5. Probably the best series in the West. And I, what I like about it is interesting because you have Phoenix who's probably on their last leg because Chris Paul is getting up there and he's not getting up there I mean, he's gracefully aging like like kind of like LeBron because he was never athletic and that helps and now with the entrance of KD it allows Chris Paul to be like the third gunner and allows him to be a spot shooter like a Derek Fisher type or any other spot shooters you know back in the days you know like 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 Hodges and and, and Paxson and Kerr those type right so him being that, that lengthens his career and makes Suns almost unguardable. If they actually unlock Aiton, they are extremely dangerous. A lot of people were picking them already to win the West. I'm not going there. I'm thinking that, I think they're a year away. But I also said that about the Warriors um, not too long ago. I think that was last year. I said they're a year away, and they won last year. I think they were a year ahead of schedule. Um, but that's neither here nor there. They're playing the Clippers. Paul George is expected to come back sometime during that series. I say if he comes back, make him a six-man. The way Russ is playing with Kawhi is inspiring. The way Russ is starting, and then he they don't need him to close because you have um, you have Norman Powell, you have um, you have uh, Trey Trey Mann, um, then you also have Gordon, Eric Gordon returning, finishing his career where he started. They're dangerous defense. They're well coached. 
Um, this is the best coach Russell Westbrook's ever had. Um, Russ is playing like he's played back in OKC. He's rewound the clock. All right. So they're a tough out. They have no they have no answer for Kawhi or you know, that's the thing. If KD plays like go to say KD, they should beat Clippers easily because of the fact I believe that Kawhi can be checked by KD, but KD, but Kawhi can't check KD. I think that's the difference. That length is going to be a big difference. If they have him guarding him late, they have problems. But then you have to have Nicholas Batum, who can't guard KD, but he can give him problems because of his length. He's like they, They're going to force KD like, hey, you're going to kill us from deep. We're not going to let you do the mid-range because Batum is long enough to stay with him and at least keep a big hand, a long arm in his face. And they could double off you a little bit. That's the key. That's where Chris Paul comes in to kill you. Chris Paul hits those threes like he did um, a week ago, hitting seven threes in that game. I forgot who that was against. I think that was against Denver. So that's going to be a great matchup to watch. All right, moving on down the road. Sacramento, three versus six. So to, to rehash that, I actually have the Clippers beating Phoenix. I have them beating them in seven in Phoenix. Epic. It's going to be epic. I'm going to have another situation where KD is a one toenail too, too close to not getting that down. That's how I see that. All right, Sacramento, three versus six. Sacramento was playing with their food. And, and see, this is the thing. A lot of people were saying, oh, no one's picking Sacramento to win that series. Nobody. Nobody. And I, I'm struggling simply because they chose Golden State for a reason. And the issue I have with this matchup is that Sacramento is notoriously not a good defensive team all year. But I think it has something to do with their pace of play and that they're scoring so much that they're allowing other teams to score. So what are they supposed to do? Blow people out by 20 every game? That That's just their record. They wouldn't be the third place team. But the fact they are the third best team in the West record-wise, their offense was definitely, their defense was definitely good enough for them to win 40-plus games. What do they win, like 48 games? 48 games, dude. 48, that's a lot. That's a lot. You got the coach of the year. You got the, you got the um, 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 GM of the year or what they say, executive of the year. Sabonis is balling, all-star. De'Aaron Fox, all-star. They did their thing, man. They did their thing. So you can't take anything away from them. They did their business. They coming out to eat. So the fact they could have played the Lakers, they said, nah, we'll take our chances with Golden State. Because they see these new Lakers, we're going to get to them next. They see these new Lakers, they say, we'll take our chance to go to state. So it's not like, oh, we know we could beat go to state. They say, we feel like we have a better chance versus go to state than playing the Lakers. That's how I took that. That's how I took it. So that's why I still believe that go to state will still beat the Kings. Because I know that no one's choosing them. But I feel like they feel like they have a better shot against go to state. And now getting Gary Payton back. And yes, they're getting Wiggins back. I don't think he's going to help too much. But um, getting Gary Payton back is, is a huge deal. It's a huge, huge deal for them. I got Golden State winning that, beating them in that series um, in six, 4-2 Golden State. Next. Finally, for the Western Conference, I have Memphis versus my Lakers. I actually have the Lakers beating them in six, only because John Morant's that great, because I feel like the Lakers could beat them in five. Honestly, um, losing um, Adams, and they haven't had him for a good portion in the second half of the season, but that hurts them defensively. Uh, and, and the game slows down. Your half-court game has to pick up. Lakers are extremely well in the half-court. And they're actually a good pace team where they're good at fast break, but they were better with Westbrook, of course, on the fast break. So having LeBron and AD on your team, and, your team, and then the other team doesn't have size, you have Tillman, and you have uh, J- Triple J, now, Triple J is a great shot blocker, but that's, that's off ball. He's not really going to be blocking 80 shot head up, not too much. Um, and he's not going to be able to rebound as well either because they don't have Adams, that big body to block you out, box you out. So if they don't have exceptional play from Desmond Bain and, and Luke Kennard, Luke Kennard got to go off, but Lakers have really good um, perimeter defenders. And now adding Shaq, Shaq Harrison to the mold. Not saying that I'm depending on him to get them over. I'm just saying that the Lakers are not, and, and you still have um, Dennis Schroeder, Dennis Domenis coming back from his Achilles and neck soreness. So Lakers match up very well versus Memphis. John Rant's the only wild card, but my thing is, you just got to cut off the lane on him. 
you got to kind of treat him like Giannis because his three-point is streaky at best. And if he's passing the ball or, or if you even just deny him altogether, which you totally can, because he's not going to be jumping. I don't think he's jumping over AD trying to dunk on him. So when I look at everything here and you have Tristan Thompson going to come in here and probably knock you in your butt, that's some strong picks. There's, there's, the Lakers are now with adding Tristan Thompson and Mo Bamba coming back are just too big for the Memphis Grizzlies. And then, of course, LeBron. So they're just too big for Memphis. Memphis had a good run, but they're leaving early. And that is our upset right there. Seven versus two come down. Lakers are actually probably the best seven seed of all time. Now, it noted that there's never been a seven seed who's won the championship ever. The best we've had was a six seed. That was Houston Rockets back in, I believe, 95, who were a six seed in a, in a West that was very similar, similar situation. And where everybody was kind of evenly matched and they were coming off of a championship a la Golden State right now. They were coming off the championship in 94 and they kind of went through the motions during the season, got the sixth seed and won the championship. History can repeat itself, people. It can definitely repeat itself. All right. So that's how I see the first round going for the Western Conference. I'm going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to finish off the Western Conference and then dive into the Eastern Conference. You've been listening to The Time Is Now. Are you tired of spending your entire weekend at dealerships only to feel as if you got a raw deal? Don't you hate all the back and forth and haggling for countless hours? Imagine this. While you're at work or having dinner or just enjoying life, the people at Pure Diamond Auto are working a great deal on your behalf. With Pure Diamond Auto, they have a team of former sales and finance managers who know all the tricks of the trade. Call 562-PDA-7888 today for a free consultation. That's 562 Seven eight eight eight. What can I say? I love PDA. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, you already know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday. So let's go. Summer Walker's turning 27 this weekend. Gold Dust is turning 54. True Thompson, that's Tristan Thompson, a new addition to the Lakers. Tristan Thompson, his daughter, True Thompson, turns five this week. And Caitlin Hoashi, the gymnast, Caitlin Hoashi, she turns 26 this week. Ed O'Neill, y'all know him, Al Bundy. Al Bundy's turning 77 this week, and Tammy Roman turns 53. And Al Green turns 77 this week, and David Letterman turns 76. Jose Alvarado from the New Orleans Pelicans, he's turned 25 this week. And Shayna Doherty, Shannon Doherty, she turns 52. Redman turns 53 this week. And Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson in the NBA, he turns 33. Andy Garcia turns 67 this week, and Ty Dolla Sign, Tyrone, 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 Ty Dolla Sign turns 41. Nick Claxton, Nick Claxton from the um, Brooklyn Nets, he turns 24 this week, and Ron Perlman turns, that's Hellboy, Ron Perlman turns 73. DeBrat, she's pregnant, congratulations on that, DeBrat, she turns 49 this week. And Wendell Carter Jr. turns 24. Sarah Michelle Geller turns 46 this week. And Baker Mayfield turns 28. Kent Jones, Kent Jones, the rapper, one of my favorite rappers, he turns 30 this week. And Jacquees, Jacquees, that's the new king of RB. He turns 29. Carly Red, Carly Red from one of those uh, Love and Hip Hop shows. Carly Red turns 49 this week. And Despacito, Luis Fonsi turns 45 this week. Jordan Childs, the gymnast, Jordan Childs turns 22 this week. And Anderson Silva turns 48. Seth Rogen turns 41 this week. And our favorite, favorite start from Game of Thrones, Arya Stark. She, I'm sorry, her name is Mace Williams. She turns 26 this week. Akon, Akon turns 50 this week. And Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, that's my goat. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar turns 76 this week. And from Orange's New Black, Samara Wiley, she turns 36 this week. And Chance the Rapper turns 30. Dr. Miami turns 51 this week. And Vicky Guerrero from the WWE, she turns 55. Martin Lawrence, Martin. Martin Lawrence turns 58 this week. And Nate Diaz, 
Nate, Nate Diaz turns 38. Jennifer Garner turns 51 this week. And Tyron Whitley also turns 41. Taya Cooper. Taya Cooper turns 26 this week. Bernice Burgos turns 43. And finally, 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 Coach Bill Belichick turns 71. We have some honorable mentions. Tiny Tim. Passed away 1996, would have been 89 this week. Tom Clancy, you see a lot of his game, Rainbow Six and the novels and whatnot. Passed away 2013, would have been 86 this week. Jonathan Brandis, you may know him from um, Sidekicks or Never Ending Story 2, young actor up and coming. Passed away way back in 2003, would have been 47 this week. Roddy, Rowdy, Roddy Piper. Piper's Pit, the villain you love to hate, passed away back in 2015, would have been 69 this week. And finally, Selena, tragically killed by her assistant back in 1995, would have been 52 this week. But that's all the birthdays we have this week, guys. Now, back to our show. All right, everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to the time is now. All right, so we last time we checked, we had um, the Lakers beating Memphis in the first round for the upset. We have Golden State beating Sacramento um, going to the second round. Then we have the uh, Clippers beating Phoenix as an actually technically another upset. So right now I have all the away teams, all the bottom seeds beating the upper teams, except for we have Denver versus the uh, Pelicans. And I have actually Denver beating the Pelicans. Now, fast forward, we're going to the second round. We have Denver versus the Clippers in the second round. I actually have the Clippers beating Denver in the second round of the playoffs. I have, I have a, now a healthier Paul George, who in the first round was a sixth man. Now he's starting. And now you have, I still feel like you should have now um, have Rusk be the sixth man once Paul George is fully healthy. And just to balance off the, the attack. All right, and and we'll do that. So by doing that, it makes them very, very strong, very, very strong um, going against Denver and having Plumley and um, Zubac will be a problem for Denver. And of course, all their shooting, they don't have enough um, perimeter defense to go up against one Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and even Russell Westbrook. So Clippers will be too much for Denver to handle. So now you have the Clippers going to the Western Conference Finals for the second time in their history. All right. And then we have in the bottom bracket, we have the Golden State Warriors versus the Lakers. I actually have that series going seven and Golden State having the home court advantage. That's actually very dangerous, but we, we're we going to see this matchup one more time um, where you have um, LeBron versus Steph and you're going to have it in the semifinals of the Western Conference. That's magical. I actually have the Lakers beating the Warriors in seven on the road i know a lot of warrior fans want to hear that but that's how i see it happening i just feel like wiggins coming back too late on gary payton won't be healthy enough and if the lakers are healthy which i believe that this is all going to happen lakers healthy are very 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 dangerous especially in playoff ball so guess what we finally have what we want la versus la in the playoffs albeit now in the western conference finals a lot of people want to see it and guess what? The Clippers have beaten the Lakers 11 straight times. I don't under Ty Lu. That's incredible. Now, there's, a, there's not a lot of context to that because we had injuries and stuff like that. But no, nonetheless, they beat them 11 straight times. That ends now. Lakers beat. Beat. And it's all going to be a home game because every game in, the, in, in crypto is a home game. So this will be the first time Lakers have all home court advantage throughout in a series because they never face each other in the playoffs ever. And now they're going to show them why they are the little brothers. The Lakers will beat the Clippers in five and move on to the championship to face. Let's get it. We have Milwaukee facing um, Milwaukee will facing the Atlanta Hawks. I thought Milwaukee would sweep them. Then the next bracket, Cleveland versus the Knicks. That's a tough one. I actually have the Knicks beating Cleveland in Cleveland game seven. 
as going seven, going deep. Next, Philadelphia versus Brooklyn Nets. I got the Philadelphia 76ers beating the Brooklyn Nets in five. Next, we have Boston Celtics. And I said at the time, I said that's going to be the Miami Heat. Tough, tough series. But I have Boston winning that in six. All right, so we move on. Next, we move on up. We got 76ers versus Boston. That should be a Western, that should be an Eastern Conference Finals matchup. Milwaukee's that great. Um, so I have Philly versus um, Boston. That's going to go seven. And I have Boston moving on to the Eastern Conference Finals to face Milwaukee, who beats the New York Knicks in the second round easily in five. Maybe even a sweep, but I'm going to give them some love and say they win at least one game in that series. So you have Milwaukee going in, who's only lost one game so far in the playoffs. Very fresh. Um, coming into place, face the Boston Celtics. This is how I feel. The Boston, I'm sorry. The, the Bucks in this modern day, in the last few seasons, have not lost with their full lineup. And now they've, you know, added more pieces and getting Jay Crowder and other. They're a better team. I feel like Milwaukee's a better team than their championship team two seasons ago. I truly feel that way. And I feel like if they had Middleton, Boston would have never been there last time. Now, Boston has added Brogdon. They're also to a better team, and, and Robert Williams III should be healthier. So that's why they're more evenly matched up. That series goes seven, and I got Milwaukee at now Boston and going on to the championship. Because with Middleton healthy, Boston should have never been there. They are the better team, and they only gotten better from two seasons ago when they won it all. And Giannis also is better than he won when he won it all. I got 50 points in, in game seven or whatever it was to win the championship. So I got Milwaukee going on to the championship to face the Lakers. Now, the Lakers have being healthy won the championship. Last time they were healthy, meaning LeBron and AD were healthy, they won the championship as well. So now you have two teams, as I say, maybe healthy. That that's that's obviously if they're not healthy, not getting there either team. Three years ago, Lakers were healthy, albeit the bubble. They won it all. Shortened season, injury, blah, blah, blah. Now they're finally healthy again with a new team. I feel like this is the best roster LeBron has had while being in L.A. Better than the championship team. And it's the last time they were healthy. So now you have a better team than you had before, LeBron, and with the Lakers. And that's why I have you in the finals. Same thing, Milwaukee. You have a slightly better team, and you're healthy. That's why I have you in the finals. You have champion versus champion. Essence, you have 2020 versus 2021 going at it. That's how it should be. And they're going to face it off this time. And we all know what happens when AD faces Giannis. Giannis takes his food. And that is why I feel like the Milwaukee Bucks will return as the champions as Giannis hoists that trophy and finally takes the crown over from LeBron James. LeBron James bows out gracefully, and that's his last chance to win a championship. And they go out like that. My Lakers lose to the Milwaukee Bucks in six. Not even seven. In six. I got Milwaukee losing only three games the entire postseason. They are that damn good. All right. So that's my predictions. I got the Milwaukee Bucks winning in six over the Lakers um, in June. And that is that. We also have some other basketball news. We had the WNBA um, draft just yesterday. Number one overall pick in the Indiana, Indiana Fever. Choose Aaliyah Boston from the South Carolina Gamecocks. Good stuff. We all knew that was happening. She was the center, six foot five, beast. Aaliyah Boston. Um, I remember her accolades just briefly. I know she won the Naismith Women's Defensive Player of the Year Award, John R. Wooden Award as well. Naismith Women's College Player of the Year Award, just just all around beast. Um, she would have been a defending champion. They won like 42 straight games. So they lost to Caitlin Clark and them girls. And she was doing the You Can't See Me, which is why uh, old girl from LSU, um, Angel Reese, she was like, nah, nah. I, you can't see us. And then got, go ahead and advance Aaliyah Boston. She got the number one pick in the draft. Um, and speaking on Angel Reese, as we're at it, and other players, Caitlin Clark and, and Reese are obviously good enough to play in the WNBA now. Why aren't they? Because of the rules. We talked about, I think, last week, how the rules are set up where they cannot do so. Like, in, in, in for the men's game, they have one and done. For the, for the women's, it has to be there for four years. So you have to be there, So which kind of makes... The, the, the women's college sport more compelling because they have faces they can recognize like back in the days in the NCAA like back in the 90s where you had guys you even had Michael Jordan went three years over at North Carolina 
You know, you yeah, yeah, Magic Johnson, I think he went two years, maybe three, I'm not sure. Kareem Abdul Jabbar went four years at UCLA. So did Bill Walton. So way back in the days, that's how it was. So it made college basketball that much more compelling. You had a name you can follow, you had a whole movement. And you were they, they were building programs. Whereas the men don't have that anymore. And now the women's game in, in college has drastically surpassed them when it comes to talent level, compel. Um, the percentages are way through the roof. The women's college game, I told you guys a stat the other week where um, the ticket prices for the final four for the for the women was four times, almost five times that of the men. And they still don't have equality. This, I think this was the first year they're ever able to use the branding of March Madness. So that's a whole other topic for another day, but just the inequalities, even though the women's game, they keep saying no one watches, they watch the women more than they do the men because of what I just illustrated, but they don't even get the same fair treatment. But Angel Reese has said that she she making more money through NIL than everyone in the WNBA is making on their contracts. That's crazy. She has that level of sponsorship. She actually makes, she brings in more NIL money than anybody in all of college basketball, men and women. That's awesome. So good job, Angel Reese. Keep getting that money, my girl. She's like, I ain't trying to go to the WNBA. She's like, I ain't having it. She said, I'd rather stay here and get my paper, baby. So anyways, um, when it comes down to to um, that, Indiana Fever had the first pick. They end up having four picks out of all three rounds. They have four picks. What's happening in Indiana is a travesty. That's the only thing I feel bad about uh, Aaliyah Boston. Maybe she can change their fate around. But their roster has like 12 players. So they a third of their roster, they just drafted. And they don't have a G League. They, you know, so there's no like two-way contract. You no, know, either you here or you overseas. That's how it is. And um, there's only like 12 teams. That's another thing. They need to expand the league. People say, why? Some of these teams are really bad. I'll say, man, you got they gotta they gotta change the criteria where the women only have to play at least two years. Bring it down from four to two. And let them come out there early. There's a lot of talent overseas. Get a lot of those girls back home. It's okay. I'll take especially what happened to Brittany Griner last year. A lot of them like, mm, they can make more money, but do they want to deal with the customs? Like, do you want to play for Russia again or any other places where you would have that similar treatment? Or you want to be part of any political wars? So they need to expand the league, get it from 12 to 16, and, and go in that fashion. And it will help with the scheduling. It helps with the playoff bracketing and so forth and so on. But the Indiana Fever have been chewing up and spitting out so many good, talented first-round draft pick players over the last four years. They, Because the way their CBA is, you can just cut them straight up. Like It's almost like football players, like running backs. <laughs> you know, it's crazy over there. They have to have a similar structure. They, since, the, since the NBA, since the WNBA is subsidized by the NBA, they're like, pretty much the NBA is pretty much paying for the league to be in existence for, at this point. They need to mimic everything that the NBA does to some degree when it comes to marketing, when it comes to um, contract structuring, when it comes to a lot of those different things. You get drafted there, you got to be there for a certain amount of time so they can have their bird rights, so many different things. You're going to call it Suber rights? I don't care because she played over in Seattle for so long. They can do a Suber rights. I don't care. They have to do something to change that because they got to allow Indiana to keep losing. It's like they're literally like, okay, this ain't working. We're gonna lose. They have to change the culture down there. They're they're getting all these number one draft picks, and they're I feel like they're ruining their career. These girls are like, have to, they had to be great. They were a number one pick. That's why they keep losing them and chewing them up, and spitting them out. All right, enough of that. My sparks got Zaya Cook from South Carolina, who was noticeably emotional with the pick, and I'm happy to have a person who really wants to play for my sparks. We need some more guard play. So I'm excited to have Zaya Cook from those Gamecocks because I know she's being coached up well by my favorite coach in the game. And Duke and Don Staley, that's gonna almost call her Duke Staley. But Don Staley out there in South Carolina really know how to coach him up right. So I'm happy to have that. So uh, WNBA season starts in May. Look out for that. It's like the second round or so of the playoff. Um, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Is he going to stay with the Ravens? Odell Beckham Jr. just got signed a $2 million contract. $15 million of that is guaranteed for one season. With two ACL injuries, is that somebody that I want to get? And at his age, and his, and his I want to say aggressive age or whatever, but at his age, do I want to go ahead and invest in that? And all this is a ploy to do what now? Last minute, try to say, I'm going to keep, I want to keep Lamar Jackson. Like, 
he's at a point now where he's so frustrated. And I saw them do the FaceTime, whatever like that. I don't know what that means. This could be just another um, move when he said, I want to be traded. Just, you know, you have players over in the Rams when they won the Super Bowl saying, um, I'm going to retire unless I get X amount of dollars. So this could be something similar, maybe because I've always remembered him saying he never wanted to be anywhere else. That's why uh, that's why I truly feel there's so many teams in NFL that are not willing to trade from. They know that's not real. They know this is all just a ploy and, and everybody's in on it. But the thing is, it's gone on for too long. And they have all the way to July. So I really don't want to keep belaboring it. But at the end of the day, um, it's it they keep trying to make news where really there is no news. Right? Um, but Odell being in, in the Ravens is big news, but I don't think he can still be a number one receiver. I think he'd be an excellent number two, and he'll be a scary number three. But a number one, uh, that's gonna be tough. Um, so maybe they could get one of those guys who were playing number one back and make that work and maybe this is a sign that Lamar Jackson is going to stay but big ups to Odell Beckham finally getting his paper I think he would have been better off going to the Jets but since they're slow walking it getting Aaron Rodgers um, we'll see what happens I think it would have been better but they have already some really good young receivers which is still better for Odell Um, could they have afforded him don't know but I think it would have been better if Odell would have probably taken like 14 or 12 million and waited for Aaron Rodgers, and then because I don't think that job in in, in in Baltimore was going anywhere. To be honest with you, I would have honestly, if I was Odell, would have waited until similar, like with Aaron Rodgers, waited until the quarterback of choice signed. So now Odell, you signed there, and who you have you throwing the ball? That's the issue. So now you're there, you got your money, but that might be your final contract because you might not play for a decent quarterback, and you're done. So I would have waited, Odell. You waited this long. Should have waited a couple more months and see who's going to be there. Don't join a team that does not have a quarterback. Come on, my dude. That makes zero, zero sense. All right. Finishing up, um, MLB starting off real strong with those new rules. Games are going at record, uh, record time. Um, scores are at record highs already so far, so it's all good. All the rule changes seem like they're working. It's working very well for the Tampa Bay Rays right now, who are the only undefeated left in the MLB. and It's not even close. I believe the only other team that's even close to that is 7-3, I believe, and that is the Brewers. That's interesting Interesting enough. They're doing very well at home, 5-1, and one, and they're 7-3. They're 500 on the road. That's the Brewers. Everybody else, even my Dodgers, are like treading water. They're 6-5. and five. My goodness, Lord, have mercy. They're giving up a lot of runs, a lot of runs in my Dodgers. So we'll see what happens there. Um, still very early, like another 152 games. Good out on the season so we'll see what happens there and then the angels also to play a 500 ball five and five right now doing horrible horrible basura at home one and three at home and four and two on the road how does that happen somebody tell me somebody tell me all right i'm on my way out of here um did watch some some movies i got a lot more to watch finally watched creed three it was actually pretty good interesting um people want a lot of cinematography was good um, storyline was okay. Maybe because too many people pumped it up to me that I was expecting more. But I still believe that Creed 1 is the best one. And that's usually how it should go. Um, Creed 2 was good just for the nostalgia and having Drago. They, and they brought Drago back for Creed 3. Um, it's, it's decent. I think the one thing, not the one thing, but the main thing they could have included, because it, it was mentioned. I've been mentioning this part since Creed 1 where are his siblings <laughs> she had two kids I've watched I watched Rocky 1 2 and 3 he had two kids especially in Rocky 2 you saw the kids they were in the pool he had a daughter and a son they finally get mentioned on this last one but they still don't show them so not in it's not a spoiler I ain't telling the story I'm just simply saying it's it, it's well done good I think the cinematography is the best in this one than in any of them so the directing was awesome I just feel like the story left a little bit. Um, I, mean, I, I feel like there wasn't um, a clear, clear villain. I feel like, um, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel. I, I don't feel the same thing I felt from one and two. One was clearly, the, right now, looking back, one's the best one. But this one had the best cinematography, if you know what I mean. When you watch, you see what I'm saying. Um, they, they did a lot of cool things in this one and how they outlaid it. Um, it was very um, creatively well put together. All right. All right. Um, I might watch Mario Brothers. If you guys watch it, let me know how you felt about it. I feel I have mixed feelings on that. 
Um, I haven't seen it yet. My daughter is going to make me take her to see it possibly this weekend. But since they don't have the Italian voices, I'm like, I don't know how I feel about that. All right. Almost didn't do a show this week, guys. Wasn't feeling my best. I was actually in the hospital last week. Um, doctors thought I had appendicitis. Ended up having a diverse scopolitis, whatever. I don't even know how to pronounce it. It's called divers. I say divers something. Diversicolitis, whatever. So problem with my, um, with my large intestine. So um, pray for me on that as I go through that battle and that journey. But other than that, I am straight. Family's good. And I hope you guys all are as well. It's no longer raining in Southern California. It's beautiful outside. Enjoy. It's getting hot fast. Wasn't ready for that. I need to get rid of my, 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 my hibernation body. Time to get back in the gym and shed about 40 pounds, people. Uh, work on the first 10 um, in the next month or so. But it's a great show this week, guys. Look forward to seeing you all next week. You've been listening to The Time Is Now. Have a great day, people. We do not have the rights to this music.
week, another podcast, another podcast, another soapbox. That's what we do here, right? Um, so many things in my mind. There's so many angles and so many ways I could piece these things together. And hopefully I don't just don't go on. A, I know it's it's all off the top of the dome. I want to keep it centered as best as I can. When I think about this time of the year, and I think about loved ones, and then for some reason, I always tend to think about the loved ones that we lost. And I understand in this world where you have people who don't even have family to share it with. And when I think about when I'm going down the streets and I'm going down the streets in Los Angeles and you see Skid Row and 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 reminds you, it humbles you to know that you a lot of us are one check away from being that as well. But what stops that from happening is that we have family, someone who loves us enough to allow us to help us in any shape, form or fashion until we get back on our feet. Times you could be hungry, you're living off top ramen noodles, and then every now and again, mom can make you a plate. It's the love. It's the time of love. That's the time of the year it is. People want to say Valentine's Day. It's not Valentine's Day. No. That's manufactured for Hallmark. <laughs> for you to, to buy more candy and flowers and, 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 and cards. Many of you who know me know how strongly I feel against that holiday. And it's not that because I'm not romantic. No, I buy. Reason why I get so pissed off about Valentine's Day. Here's a tangent. Reason why I get so pissed off about Valentine's Day is because of the simple fact that I know the prices are five times higher. The reason why I know that is because I buy them year round. And it's ridiculous. And I know supply and demand, blah, blah, blah. Stop it. It's one thing for them to like, okay, you know, we're going to put a small premium or once you have better incentives, you know, it could be so many things. You could grow more with all the technology we have, but that's neither here nor there. I digress. Back to love. It's the universal language. It's the driving force in everything that we say and do. It should be anyways, right? Love is the thing that we're missing every day, it seems. Love is the is the compassion we seem not to have for those who are going through things and those we see pass away as we keep to continue to move on and keep chasing something we call money so we can have things. But it's the love. For, for me, and I know there's five love languages. We, we can go through them. We went through them before. But for me, it, the reason why I choose acts of service is because for me, it's all about to show me love is to show me respect. Respect me. You show me respect. You, you can tell me you love me. You can you can do different things like that. But if you show me that reverence, that respect, then I know it. It's not something that a man wants. It's what we need to show that you love us. And it doesn't have to just come from our significant other. It happens in the streets. I talked about it the other day. When you got somebody out there owing you money, and when they say you dissing me, man, you dissing me. When you disrespect someone, you're 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 showing the epitome. You're showing no love. You're not giving them love. These are words we use. We just don't understand the power behind them. To show me love, to show my brother love, I'm gonna dap him up. I'm gonna acknowledge him, and I'm gonna honor his words, and I'm gonna keep my word. If I say I'm gonna do something by my brother, I'm going to fulfill that. That's me showing him love. And when I show the other person love, it elevates the relationship. It keeps all the anger and strife out of it. Because where there is love, hate cannot exist there. Anger cannot exist there. Just like where there is light, darkness cannot exist there. So when we continue to go by love, everything seems to move harmoniously. It is love that will get us through. It's because there's a lack of love, because we're into this technology age. Everyone's becoming very, very cold, very, very machine and mechanic. Three days to bereave when people pass away. Where's the love? Are you really going to miss me that much? You tell me the business is going to completely crumble if I'm gone for more than three days. And if that's the case, give me my raise. Let me get stock in the company. If this company is going to crumble for me being gone for more than three days, I need more money. That's how I look at it. 
but because it's not about that it's because of control there's no love it's all about money there's no love there's no more love on the world how many women out there right now always about i don't need a man i don't need this i don't need that can you show anybody any love can you cook a meal for a brother can you truly ask and care about how his day was can you empathize with him what are you doing to help him to get to the next level what are we doing how are we progressing It is the lack of love. And for men, to show that you love her, respect her in more ways than one. The best way, my, my father told me, the best way you can show that you respect me is to respect me when I'm gone. And not just like when he passes away, but just like when, when I'm not around. If you can do what I've taught you when I'm not there to watch you, then I know you respect me, that you honor me, my son. Same applies to your spouse or your significant other. If you can then be that person when a woman flirts with you, you say, mm -mm, no, I'm good. Nope, 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 I'm good. You don't flirt back with that lady. You don't, you, don't, you don't pursue this, you don't pursue that. You don't ever talk ill on her name or amongst other people. You say, no, you uplift her without her presence being there. You think about her. You make sure your moves and everything reflects what's best for her. You respect her in all shape, forms and fashion especially when she's not around that's the love the problem this world is in today because there's a lack of love everybody is into themselves everyone cares about themselves and it's it's cool too that's another thing you could be into yourself there's no problem with that but is there a thing called self-love you have to love yourself you have to love yourselves and if you do not love yourselves first, there's no room for you to love anyone else, at least the way they all deserve to be loved. I end every show talking about love every single time. And I remind you all that God actually is love. That love you have in your heart that comes from God, that feeling you feel those butterflies in your stomach, that is an aura, that is an energy that needs to be pushed through more so today than ever. As I look around, I'm looking on social media, it seems like it feeds on negativity and hate. When can we turn the page and turn the clock on that? A lot of it starts with our music. I talked about this before. We could talk about flipping bricks and how much things and all the tricks they turn. Women wanna talk about how they popping their pussy and men wanna talk about how they killing their brother but we cannot talk about how we can uplift each other. There's songs about love, but why can't we just flood it? Why does that have to be different things? It's, oh, we talk about our truth. Why can't we do it to where we talk about what we actually perceive or what the things we actually want to achieve? Others can do that. It's art. You don't have to talk about your harsh realities. You can talk about the good times. You can talk about the, the, the harsh things and how you overcame it. You can also talk about what you look to achieve. You can, you can have a song about a vision board, the things that you want to get, the things you dream about, the things your ancestors wish they had. You can talk about the things your ancestors did not have, where you are and where you want to go. But we don't talk about that. It's okay that you can talk about the harsh past, but let's not try to glorify the, the negatives in our world today, because then you won't have a next generation trying to emulate those same negative tropes. That's what I'm talking about. Lead with love. Let's not keep flossing the things we have so people can try to covet them and, 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 and generate this, this, this envy and hate. We're the only group of people that's gonna wear an entire mortgage or an entire house around our necks for what? Why? And then you're gonna go back and hang out in the same areas with people who don't have it. It doesn't make any sense. You don't see bezels down in Watt or in Compton. And if he was down there, you wouldn't even notice him because he's not going to be flashing everything he has on his body. We got to be smarter. We got to go with love and try to see what we could do, knowing that we influence other people. What can we do to uplift each other? At least Kyrie does that. Go with love. Walk with love. Lead with love. And we can get a better outcome. I guarantee you. Until next time. You can win.
That's it this week, guys. Another great week. Another great show. Yeah, somebody. We had a great time this day. Remember, um, the music choice this week was Aisha. Aisha by ABC. Another bad creation. Go ahead and give that some spins. Give that some spins. Remember, if you like the show, like it. And of course, of course, share. And of course, of course, subscribe. Now it's time. For our final word, remember those earlier days after you had received the light when you endured in a great conflict full of suffering. Sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecution. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were so treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves have better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to preserve so that when you have done the will of God, you receive what he has promised. Hebrews 10, 32 to 36. Remember, spread love, share love, embrace love for God is love. Until next time, peace. Don't you look back.